What's up, appreciators? We are back from our unintended break. We have a lot of those. A hiatus, on, if you will. Yeah. On this episode, we are talking about Avatar, The Way of the Water which we've been excited about for mm -hmm. what 12 years 13 now? years yeah, <laughs> yeah. <that's one. laughs> we're gonna do a little bit of uh teasing you what's coming up next uh we're gonna recap 2022 a little bit because mm -hmm. we got an episode about that all on its own coming up mm -hmm. uh maybe we'll do a mad lib who <gasps> Ooh, knows but okay. more importantly evan and i have beef so let's get to that. Oh, all right. Okay. So I don't know what this is. We got beef. I'm scared now. We got beef. Okay. Go ahead. I'm We're fascinated. 2023 is the year of the feud. Okay. Because I texted you last weekend about seeing Avatar. Oh. And you told me you already saw it. Yeah. Without me. Yeah. No heads up. Yeah. 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 Not, yeah. hey, man, I know you're busy. Oh. I know you're on your honeymoon. I'm going to go see it. You know, I thought about this. But before I address that, let's first address the hiatus. Yeah. Because a lot has been going on this month. Just a little bit. Like you got married. Yeah. Uh, you went on a trip. Uh, As one does. It's been Christmas. Work schedule has been insane. Yeah. Like it's been like life has been full of adventure for the last month or so. Yeah. So that's kind of explains the hiatus, but I will talk directly to, I mean, you can make your Avatar. excuses, but I mean, it's fine. Here's, I don't know. I'm not going to make any excuses. I'm going to tell you straight up an opportunity presented itself and I took it because I didn't know when my next opportunity would arrive. And who would you see it with? <laughs> I can't tell you. Who would you see it with? <laughs> who is the floozy that you saw Avatar Yeah, with? I know. It's it's not good. You know what here's what's funny is like it's so weird where like you know like how like really close friendships sometimes can have like a little bit of a jealousy element of like, oh, you're hanging out with yeah. that friend, you know? Yeah, I don't yeah. have that with you. Like if you ever told me like, oh yeah, last weekend me and Trevor just like just us two hung out. I'd be like, right. oh, that's cool. But if you tell me I saw X movie that we wanted to see without you, with other person, I'll feel yeah. like I'll feel like I'm in a jealous like relationship. Well, when you said you were going with Malik, I was kind of like, I feel like I failed. Well, here's what happened. <laughs> because a week earlier, Malik texted me and he was like, hey, me and my brother want to see Way of the Water. And you are the only person we know who also wants to see it. And I was like, yeah. I do. Let me... Let me get in touch with Evan and see when he wants to see it. And I didn't, I only didn't reach out to you because that was the week of the snowstorm. And I was like, there's no way we're going to fit this in. Yeah, so like yeah. I never got back to him. So then that next weekend, that's when I texted you and I wasn't going to reply back to Malik until I knew what you were doing. And then when you told me, no, I was like, okay, man, Malik, we're going to watch it. Here's what happened. I got, I got turned down. Here's what happened. And I do, uh, I did feel like, I did feel a smidge of guilt whenever I oh. told you I'd already seen it. Well, that makes me feel good. Just a smidge. Of <laughs> well, like I had thought of it. I wasn't, it didn't completely slip I my should, mind. I should have but, like a film crew from like that old, remember that show cheaters? Yeah. <laughs> Where they like catch people cheating and they have the camera on them. Like, yeah, like yeah. in the, in the, <laughs> the very end of avatar, you're so elated to see it. And then like camera crew comes in and then I'm there like, Oh, what are you doing here? I saw it. Uh, like the week of Christmas, uh, we had, it was like kind of slow. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was that Thursday before Christmas, all the guys at work were like, Hey, we should go see Avatar. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if I can make it, you know? And I him hawed about you saw it. it with them. Yeah. And then I, and I him hawed about it. And then I was finally like, you know what? I've got an opportunity to do it. There, it may not come up again. I don't know what Andrew's got going on after Christmas. You? I was like, I'm just taking this opportunity. <laughs> I just took it. And you're, you know what? I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm not. So I, I, you, I give it up to you. I, you taking them to see Avatar. I didn't take is like, them. Is like, is like if you were, if you were a devout religious person and you were going to like this huge ceremony that's important to your religion and you brought two people who are not in that religion to it I, instead yeah. of someone else who is straight up. Yeah. But I mean, that is not a wrong metaphor. I, uh, I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I don't, but you know, I do feel good about the fact that I saw it in Dolby. So I got to sit in the nice. Seats. Yeah. I didn't see it in Dolby. I, I saw it in, I guess, Marcus theaters version of Dolby. Yeah. They're like the del deluxe or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
seating wise it was great like but there's something about that dolby projector that just mm-hmm. is like i really wanted to see it in that but well, we can go again but last week i don't know what it was but like amc's website was not working oh really and like the amc and creve core like just wasn't open and oh. that you know like i wasn't going to make malik drive all the way to Edwardsville. you know there really aren't there aren't nearly as many amcs in st louis as there i thought there there's would a be. lot of marcus theaters and whenever like i was looking ones. to rent out a theater I was looking around and I was like, there really aren't as many theaters as you would think there would be, which is kind of sad. But uh, no, you're totally right, man. As a friend, it's a little bit of a failure on my end. I'm not going to lie because I do view that as I don't view that as high of a priority as like seeing 007 together. But it's like it's been like twelve years since James Cameron made a movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Come on, man. It was a failure. We it was saw a, the original Avatar together. You know what? It is a failure on my end, and if this ripples out into twenty twenty three as a beef <laughs> for the whole year, yeah. I understand, man. Well, you know, I it understand. is it is a new year, and this episode is coming out in twenty twenty three. Yeah. So maybe we just turn a new leaf. Turn a new leaf. You know. Forgive and forget. Forgive. You bury know. the hatchet. Yeah. I've never understood that saying. No, but but uh yes, I and I will formally and publicly apologize. I, mean, I do know, apologize. You just, you, here's the thing, you just owe me. You know, let's just leave it <laughs> That's at that. fine. You owe me. I'm good with that. I I owe you one. Yeah. There we okay. go. Well, before we get into Avatar discussion, which I'm really curious to hear your thoughts was other than hey, I saw it. I don't know what you you know anything about your experience with it yeah yeah but real mm-hmm. quick and i hope this doesn't become too much of like a rabbit hole but i was thinking about this because anna and i's first argument as a married couple oh which was a very stupid argument which i think well they always is are. very fitting we're driving down to gatlinburg for our honeymoon and we're, we get a couple hours away you know and yeah we didn't really plan what we were going to do there at all because we're not those type of people we sure. just wanted to relax from the wedding let and the like, moment happen yeah. you know it's kind of a place where you just walk the strip and you find things to do sure and i did mention i was like hey i'm curious to see like what movie theaters they have down there yeah because i was like hey you know if we get later into the week and find a little find something we both want to see yeah, maybe like we have nothing else to do maybe we can see a movie or you know if, if you're tired may i go see a movie or something yeah, yeah. and anna goes there's no movie theaters down there and i'm like why not she goes what? it's a vacation destination why would there be movie theaters and i was like every town has a movie theater that's interesting and then she goes but this is specifically like a place you vacation you don't live in gatlinburg you vacation there why would there be a movie theater who wants to go to a movie theater on vacation now okay movie time. theaters are, are where you, what you do at home and let's I'm take thinking, a pause let's take a pause yeah. here because i would first of all be fascinated to hear if this is accurate if anna would say that this is an accurate depiction of the conversation no, this is exactly how it is and here's <laughs> of course you're gonna say that here's the crazy thing she was right. There's no movie theater <laughs> down there at all. No way. There's not a You're movie theater me. in driving distance at all. You're down kidding there. me. No. I okay. So I would have thought that that was complete nonsense. No, uh, she like, was a hundred percent right. People go see movies on vacation. Well, that's another thing. There, there's two parts of this argument. There's there's would anyone want to go see a movie on vacation? That's one part. Yes. And then there's. Is there any logic to putting a movie theater in a vacation destination? Yes. And they're related. But apparently me and you are different because not only was Anna right in why would I see a movie on vacation? Because apparently there's no demand for that because if there were, they would build a movie theater near Gatlinburg. But there isn't one. I'm shocked to hear this. Right? I was wondering if you thought the same way I did. I'm shocked to hear this. I, I would think that there would be a movie theater... It, at least close by to most towns. I mean, obviously, yeah. you get rural. There's not going right. to be a movie theater. But, like, uh, at least close by to most major towns, there would be yeah. a theater. And on top of that, I would think on vacation, of course there would be a movie theater because on vacation you are seeking entertainment. Yeah. What is the quintessential piece of entertainment that we all now, usually seek is tv shows things you, to watch on a screen like why would there not be a movie theater in a vacation town yeah that makes absolutely no sense i'm to me. with you but i mean anna from her worldview was like wow you that's see unbelievable. you can go to the movie theater at home vacations are are for you you're doing things that you can't do at home 
I, I understand that. Like going that, to Gatlinburg and going up in the mountains. And I understand stuff like that, that like line of logic. I understand like, yes, I like that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. But for me, whenever you're thinking about being on vacation, being entertained, going and doing activities, yeah. like seeing movies is all, it's a part of that, baby. And any, it's see, a part. I grew up in a family and you know, because you joined us Dude, on vacation. Dude, when we went on vacation, we'd see three we, movies in a we'd week. We'd go to the movie theater like every day. Yeah. And part of the fun was, oh, this is a new part of the country. What type of movie theater yeah, chains do they have? Yeah, what type of like, theater are we going like, to get to I love to. experiencing new theater What's chains. What's the popcorn going to be like? What's but there the was screen going to be like? That's unbelievable. I can't believe that. And I would have been depressed if yeah. I were you to learn that there yeah. was no theater. So I was wrong. And now you might put up a Google and find there is one somewhere nearby. But like we're talking like a reasonable like 10 to 15 minute drive away. Nothing. Yeah. There well, might there might have been. On your honeymoon, theater, you're like not th- trying to drive like 30 or 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah, exactly. So theater. there might have been one like 30 minutes away. But it's like I'm really not going to get Anna to join me in, in that scenario. So, listeners, that's sad. Let us know, like, do you think that it makes sense to have a movie theater and a vacation destination, and or do you like going to movies on vacation? That's a no-brainer to me. I mean, that personally, I mean, my ideal vacation is going to the movie theater every day. If we have any listeners in Gatlinburg, there's a huge market. There's, yeah. a, there's it's there's a huge thing missing from your town. Maybe we should go in the business together and Just open a movie theater. Open up a theater in Gatlinburg. And just call it vacation movies. Yeah, because the couple and it just movies only shows yeah. the Lampoon's vacation films on repeat. Yeah, the the few movies I did watch down there were on my laptop in the hotel. Dang man. Yeah, that's that's tragic. It is tragic. So, yeah. So uh, my first L as a married man was was that. You first know what? Of, first of many. I I would have, I would have put money on that Anna was wrong. I would. Well, I would too. I would have. No, I would like have. it was so funny because we were. I was like, we were both getting heated. She was like, "Why would there be a movie theater down here?" And I was like, "I'm shocked to hear that yeah. she's right." And so she was 100. That's nothing right. against you, Anna. I'm just saying, I would have put money that you were wrong. There's, there's no that makes that makes no sense to me. Yeah, like whatsoever. Also, I think she but, was like she was like a little offended. Like we're on our honeymoon, and you're thinking about going to the movie theater. <laughs> Well, Which, I wasn't going to exclude you. Yeah, but I was like, you know, later in the week when we, you know, do yeah, all that. Yeah, you know, yeah, but, yeah. okay. That's so much of a movie guy I am, so. Well, there you go. I, I watched movies on my honeymoon for sure. Yeah, I yeah. went to Alamo, I think. Oh, I'm so jealous. Alamo Which, Draft We got to go to the one here. Yeah, we just had an Alamo Draft House open up in St. I'm Louis. I'm so excited. And we are pumped because it's a huge one, too. Yeah. It's like, looks like a really big, nice Alamo Draft House. I'm excited. Well, speaking of movie theater experiences, let's get into... Avatar. Man, this is really a callback to how we used to podcast, where we talked for like 30 minutes about random stuff and then yeah. got to the main topic. Yeah, it is. Sorry about that, guys. But hey, we've been out of practice. So <laughs> yeah. let's get into it. Avatar, not two, but the way of the water. Yes. Avatar, way of the water, a you know, juggernaut of a film. It's, it's like three and a half hours, isn't it? Yes, it is three it's, and a half it's hours. It's the Irishman, basically. People were sad about how long it was. And from what uh, I understand. other than the pee break I had to take uh, in the movie, you took I, a pee break. I had to, man, man, dude, I would have gotten like a kidney infection if I didn't. Dang. It was bad. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I think I found a good spot to do it. Where, um, was it one of the 10 minute long swimming scenes? It was, it was during where his son, um, is having like one of his first conversations with that whale creature. Ah, uh, yes. And there's kind of like a montage where he's swimming with it. I was like, I, I was like, I'm anticipating like a whale montage here of swimming, and I'm, I'm not gonna miss like any key plot points. So like, you weren't, you weren't really wrong. I went to there. the bathroom, and then when I came back, I came back right when uh the um the leader of that community was like, you were with what whale? Yeah, you know, like <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, all right. <laughs> you were with I can't remember the whale's name, but I do love that whale. No one can. That whale was awesome. But. Other than that, I didn't really feel the three and a half hours. I would gladly watch yeah. it again. And I am super curious to hear what you think, even though you cheated on me with it. Okay. Uh, do you want my like overarching, just general thoughts? Yeah, just real brief. like Real brief. I would say it was a technical masterpiece. Yeah. I, I think that it's a wonder how he was able to do some of the things that he did. Yeah. I think technologically... He's like pushing the boundaries on 
all of those things. It was a beautiful looking movie. Yeah. Um, there were some like really amazing action scenes. I thought I actually thought some of the action was the strongest parts yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Like especially towards the end, there's a really, really incredibly incredible looking action scene. Um, I mean, like the whole last hour of the film, yeah. is nonstop, like an, a nonstop action sequence. Yeah, it's pretty stinking unbelievable. Uh, it looked amazing. I would say my only critiques, and I have two that bubble to the surface immediately. One is there was a lot of B-roll of like yeah. fish and swimming. And like a lot of Terrence Malicky, like, yeah. yeah, there was a lot of it, and and actually, um, it didn't really strike me as too much mm-hmm. until about the like two and a half hour mark. Yeah, it was like I wanted to have more story happening, and I was like, oh, I kind of want to move forward a little bit, mm-hmm. like, and see what these two characters are going to do or how they're going to interact or what's going to happen with this, that or the other. So uh, like, I didn't really feel it for the first couple hours of the movie. And then that last bit before everything popped off, I was kind of like, okay, like I kind of want to move into the next part. And then the second thing, and I think you could probably help me with this. And I don't know if I want to be honest that like, if I'm misinterpreting this, I want to be corrected. Um, but like, I was a little weirded out by some of the characters' relationships with one another, um, like Spider mm-hmm. and his father. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, like the main uh, family, like their relationship with Spider and their relationship with each other. I thought that the like father son dynamics and the relationship between the father. And the mother, I like, I, I really liked all of those kind of family yeah. relational dynamics. But at the end of the movie, there were a couple of scenes that kind of threw me off. And I, this may be a little bit of a spoiler alert thing. If you haven't seen the movie, I'm about to reference something that is yeah. Yeah, if you're, later if you're in the film. If you're listening or watching, like, yeah. you should probably have seen Avatar. Yeah. But um, whenever Spider saves his dad mm-hmm. and then goes back to the family... But the family then obviously like is mourning and they come together. Spider's not there. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like there was this weird theme of like them sticking to their own families and their own like kind. And it was like this weird split of like, yeah, no matter what happens, you're always going to like come back to your own. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was a weird theme. Like... Uh, it, and I don't know that it was purposeful like that way, but whenever I saw that, it struck a weird like I th- I felt like it was weird. I don't I don't think it was saying like you're always gonna come back to your own kind. I think I think it just so happens that like their quote unquote nuclear family happens to be all Navi. Yeah, you know. And I think the only reason Spider wasn't like included is like he's in their family, but not like their core family. You know what I mean? Right. But so, then he chose to protect his, yeah. Like no matter, even though he's like tried to kill them the entire film, yeah. He then chose to save his life, his dad's life, yeah. And, uh, and I don't have, I don't know if I necessarily have a problem. I mean, with him saving his life, but um, it just felt like a weird kind of disjointed part of the movie that was like the emotional climax of the film. Mm-hmm. And then it had this kind of uh, visually was telling the story of like, you always come back to like your own family. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it felt disconnected from the rest of the movie where it was like, we are here for each other. We support each other. Like the family you choose kind of feelings and vibes. Mm-hmm. And like, even though the like tree people were coming and they were, integrating themselves into like the water people or what i don't know if that's like their official the water people <laughs> uh, but the, i don't remember uh, but like they were kind of like fusing their two worlds together yeah. and like learning to be there for each other teach each other things like support each other and then it felt just kind of like at the end in that emotional climax it felt like disconnected and disjointed from the rest of the movie uh that was that part of it for me was the weirdest kind of like 
I felt like it didn't make sense in my head. I don't know if that's like a nitpicky thing. But I, I mean, I think I think there is a interesting I actually like Spider keeping his dad alive because it adds a moral complexity to it because I yes. the movie's not saying man, Spider has to save his dad because that's his dad because Spider definitely rejects his dad. But he 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 rejects his dad but doesn't reject his life, which is an interesting moral and complexity where I there's no I don't think the movie's saying this is right. It's saying like this is interesting. I don't have a problem with Spider saving his dad. Mm -hmm. I actually agree with you a hundred percent that it adds moral complexity. But I don't think that Spider should have been out of the shot where they're all mourning together. Oh, I mean, I, I don't that know if felt I... kind of weird to me. I don't know if that oh. was just me, but I don't remember if he. I mean, he was there in the funeral. Scene. He came back. He came later. Yeah, but like when they were kind of mourning together in that like big emotional scene, mm -hmm. he just was not there. He was absent. Yeah. And I felt like in every other part of the movie, he is their adopted brother basically. Yeah. And I just, I don't, I don't, I think I may be like making more of it, making a mountain out of mm -hmm. a molehill maybe. Yeah. But that just like struck me as really weird. And I don't know why that like really made me feel like that feels disconnected and weird. And yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that, that, that's that's my one yeah. probably. I think this might be a good transition to um, something I thought was interesting about the film, which is like I was surprised when I go in. Okay, this is a three-hour sequel to Avatar. I'm like, I'm kind of expecting a lot of complexity to the story, which I don't know why, because if you watch any of James Cameron's movies, the story structure is actually very streamlined. And yeah. Very, you know what I mean? But like the first Avatar actually like had a lot of ideas on its mind with yeah. like the the switching consciousness and the oneness with humans and nature and like all that. There's actually a lot of like, you know, I wouldn't say main themes, but like ideas raised. So I'm kind of expecting a lot of sci-fi ideas to be raised in this film. Yeah. And James Cameron doesn't go that route at all. Yeah. And when you when you get to the, end of the movie, you realize, oh, what this was was a three hour visual epic that really what it comes down to is like an affirmation of like family. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting because I wasn't expecting that. And for me, the movie um, climaxes on the idea of um, your family, though it brings like baggage can also be your greatest strength. Yeah. And that, well, and that line that yeah. he says at the end is like, us being together is our greatest weakness yeah. and our greatest strength. Yeah. And, which that, is like, and that setting doesn't determine your family Yeah, because they're on the run for most of the movie and they're away from their home and that's affecting all the characters negatively. And then the kind of arc is Jake solely realizes I've been pushing my son away. I've been pushing my son away, separating them, separating them to keep them safe but you don't keep them safe by separating each other. Mm -hmm. We're strongest when we all come together, which yeah. is very simple. It's like been done a hundred times, which I get yeah. that. I a hundred percent get that. But yeah. I think it works is because the story is so simple when it's being included in a visual story that is not simple whatsoever. Well, and that's the thing where I, I completely agree with the method because whenever you're thinking, I mean, you have to be thinking, when I'm making a movie this extravagant and grand, mm -hmm. yeah, how do I, how do I tell an insanely complex story and have an insanely complex, it's too disorienting. Like, it's, yeah. it's almost too much. And I appreciate him saying like, I'm going to take the, the simple story of a family coming together and being yeah. stronger together and, and having a father learn an important lesson and like i i also just really enjoy any time that a story shows an elder like the the older like more experienced character mm -hmm. learning and growing mm -hmm. alongside the younger less experienced characters because right. it shows that like yeah even as you get older even as you like are supposed to have it all together you're still growing you're still learning you're still changing yeah um and so i really appreciate that part of we're going to keep the story simple and we're going to tell this really simple story in a soup in a really grand and beautiful way. I think yeah. that was really smart to do. 
And yeah. overall, I really liked the movie. Um, I just had that one little weird mm. complaint. I yeah. felt like... I, th- I think it could stem from... There definitely was when I left the movie. I was like, I, I did feel the emotion at the end. I, I liked the arc of we're introduced to these characters and Jake Soley's like, it's like, I told you guys to be scouts and not on the ground, blah, blah, blah. Right. And at the end, the only reason he succeeds is because his, his sons, you know, mm-hmm. kind of in a way disobey him and like stick with him. Yeah. And his whole family sticks together and like him learning that like, okay, no, actually like we need to find a way to always stick together. And yeah, you know, like though that can be a weakness, it's actually a great strength, blah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah. I like that it was simple, but I was like, it could have hit harder if a lot of those character dynamics dynamics were fleshed out a little bit more. Sure. But because there were so many characters, not even just on the protagonist side, but even like within the military group. Yeah. And there's so much narrative stuff going on in terms of like new settings and the creatures. I don't think a lot of time could be set to that. And I also, and and that's the, that, that was another thing that I noticed about this movie is that he spent a lot of time and I think much needed time building out the world. Yeah. He was giving us brand new information about the planet and the world that we had no idea about in the first movie. Yeah. Like there are different people groups that live on different parts of the planet and like they have they they are they're blue but a little less blue yeah, yeah but well but they also have like different features yeah um that like tree pe- tree arms. people are yeah. better like living in the tree you know like water people yeah. have larger tails or whatever it is so it's like he's giving us like brand new information about the world and yeah. he's like world building all while trying to tell a story and like do it in the most visually like groundbreaking yeah. way possible and so it was doing a ton like it yeah. even though it was a simple story it was still doing a ton as far as uh as far as world building and, and all of that goes yeah. so like who am i to say what james cameron could have done better sure but i feel like you know like the the father-son dynamic could have hit a little bit harder if there were less siblings and it was just like the yeah. two sons and like all I, of the family um story was between them but because we had Sigourney Weaver's character and all of her struggles and the the younger kid it was just and then Spider and his dad I feel like the everything had to be a little bit thinner so when it got to the end I was like I I feel for that son who sacrificed himself and their loss I feel but like I'm not so enamored with these characters because I don't know them that well yeah like it didn't hit as hard yeah I I did hunger for a little more of an explanation not even explanation but um more uh fleshing out of the father and the son yeah uh dynamics between um sully and yeah well i don't know his son's name yeah i I can't remember any of them i can't i don't know any of the alien names whatsoever (laughs) but um i i did want for that to be the case but i think it does kind of um it adds to the sadness of them having those things about their relationship unspoken. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it makes it an extra layer of heartbreaking Yeah, for that to never be, they never reached a resolution on that stuff. Yeah. My, my one little nitpick, and I don't know if you noticed this, but there did come a point in the movie where they repeated like this same scene so many different ways that like yeah. I started to roll my eyes where it's like, it was five or six times where, the son would come back from doing something he wasn't supposed to. And Soli's like, Soli's like, what are you trying to do? I told you like you're putting you're you're, you're jeopardizing our relationship with these people. It's like, yeah. he had that conversation six times in the movie <laughs> Yeah, where I was like, how many to like you well, also Soli keep saying, this is the last time you do something <laughs> like this. You know what I mean? And then he just immediately goes off and does it again. Well, and it's like for the kid that was getting bullied yeah. by the native people, uh, like how many times are you going to just like oh yeah let's just go hunting now yeah like of course they're gonna like mess oh, with you, you somehow guys go hunting with like, me 20 miles out into the ocean okay, come on great. man so yeah. yeah there was some of that of course that was a little yeah repetitive but okay uh, but to the part that everybody loved let's talk about the visuals and the action um yeah there were so many shots and especially close-ups yeah where 
I was like, that has to be paint. Like that's not CGI. Like that, like it looks like a human wearing like blue paint and yeah. pros- like prosthetics. Mm-hmm. It, it was, I don't know. I don't like, I mean, they invented new technology for motion capture yeah. on this film and you could tell. And yeah, just whether you like the story or not, like it is undeniably a game changer. That's the thing I've heard everyone agree on so far, basically is like yeah. visually it was in like, it was unbelievable visually beautiful like you can't watch that and not be kind of taken by the visual especially like some of those sprawling landscapes Mm -hmm. it really makes you wonder like man that's all developed like they that's cg like they developed all of that and it looks beautiful and it's moving and it's like uh fascinating to think about how they would have done that but like so I think no one would disagree or like not appreciate that part of the movie. Yeah. One of the things that I felt, I didn't know if you felt this or not, but uh, the frame rate, did you feel you know, funny I, about the frame rate at first? I forgot going in that it was, it was good to be shown at a higher frame rate. Like what is yeah. it like 40? I think it's 48. 48. Yeah. Like I forgot about that. So I was not thinking about it in the movie, which I'm kind of glad because yeah. I didn't want to be constantly thinking like, do I like this frame rate? Yeah. But I do remember there were times like in heavy motion scenes where I was like, something's off. Uh-huh. But I, I was like, I was kind of confused. I was like, maybe it's the screen we're on, you know, I was like sure. in the movie theater. But, um, and having like listened to people and like read some reviews, like a hundred percent, the frame rate worked on like close-ups because yeah. like when the movie slowed down and you're just getting shots of like the humans, like, like I think that high frame rate really helped the motion capture because like when they're emoting in these close-ups, like again, it looked so stinking real and so beautiful, yeah. mm-hmm. like the way the lighting was on the faces. So yep. um, I'd have to rewatch it to really get an opinion on the frame rate. But... I, I had the most trouble adapting to it like in the first half hour, mm-hmm. like when they were flying around and yeah. like kind of in those parts of the movie, it was like immediately apparent. I was like, this is not... 24 frames per second yeah um but i was but i kind of was like i don't know that i would expect anything else but i kind of got used to it i don't know it after a while i got used to it but um it did make me wonder about like when like i'm sure they're going to be experimenting with frame rate like more and more as time goes on it makes me wonder if there's a way to use a higher frame rate, like when it's necessary yeah, and use a lower frame rate when it's necessary. I think, I, I think that's probably where it needs to go because it, it was not every time. And there were definitely moments where I was like this, like, and again, I think it's in like the more intimate character moments where it, yeah, you would think, Oh, high frame rate would be better for action, which maybe right. in some scenes it was, but at least my first take is like those really intimate character moments just felt even more real and visceral and, and right. beautiful um, in that high frame rate. So maybe it's kind of like how filmmakers use IMAX cameras where, sure. you know, movies aren't shot 100% with IMAX cameras. It's okay for this set piece we're doing IMAX, you know, yeah. and, cha- and expanding it. And yeah, I think the frame rate can work similarly. Yeah, I think that would be a fascinating thing to... Um, like hear James Cameron talk about is just like, yeah, come on the pod. How do you make those? Yeah. Yeah. How do you make those decisions? And like, is there a way to do that where it's not jarring for the audience to go from like 48 frames per second, then back to like a more standard frame rate. So I don't know. That's kind of an interesting thing because it wasn't it. The Hobbit that got a lot of hate for that. Yeah. I think they did a higher frame rate. Yeah. But it it, it was like for specific showing. So like you could opt to that one. Yeah. And again, that was like all the way through, like yeah. So yeah, but uh, um, yeah, I really liked the movie. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it like a five out of five movie or anything like that. Um, mm. but as an ex- overall experience, like it was, it was great. And that last hour alone is like, like if you, if I just took that last hour, I would easily put it in the top five movies of the year. Like just that mm. last hour alone, like the way when when uh they finally um you know when uh steven lang's character is on the ship and has his kids trapped and and solely has to go yeah. rescue them like from that moment on 
was just like another level. It was like whenever it was everything you want, like a big blockbuster to be. Because mm-hmm. like it started, that action scene started and it was like so much was happening. It was so crazy and so awesome yeah. that you're watching and going like, oh my gosh, oh my God. And it just keeps like one upping. It's, it's like exactly yeah. what you want a blockbuster yeah, to because do. Because there is a way where you can make like an hour long climax action sequence feel so monotonous. Yeah. But the fact that the stakes kept changing and yep. new developments were happening because it starts with like, okay, the kids are kidnapped. Soli has to get him. Okay. That's one like struggle dynamic. Yeah. And then when uh, the whale comes into play and the whale flips the ship, you're like, Oh, okay. Th- this is a whole new ball game. You know? Also the whales have like moral, like, yeah. Like no violence. Yeah. Whatsoever. I love that little thing where <laughs> like, 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 yeah, these whales are like, so like, highly evolved that they have like beef with like other whales morality (laughs) which was just like great i would do anything for that whale man dude i uh i just felt like they kind of glossed over maybe the most fascinating part yeah which was the whale's brain like juice oh yeah stops human aging completely well there were some things about like the world that like completely caught me off guard because i don't know if they mentioned it prior but like when all the whales show up and then like the the water navi people are talking to the whales i was like wait they can talk to the whales because i thought the kid and the whale were talking like i thought the like i didn't think they were actually communicating i thought the kid was talking to the whale and the whale was just doing stuff and the kid was like, I got, I, got, you know, I'm I got like you. understanding. Yeah. yeah but kind then of. they all start talking. I was like, oh, they can legit communicate. Talk to each other. And that yeah. was like, that came out of nowhere, yeah. but I'm on board with it, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, the whales were really cool. I really liked yeah. them. But, uh, well, and just the idea, that idea is really interesting. And of course, I feel like in most James Cameron movies, he talks about it all the time. There was, of course, that through line of, um, uh, like environmental, yeah. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Environmental, like uh, just being aware, conscientious. Yeah, yeah, yeah conscientious, like conscientious. Of yeah. It, yeah, but uh, and I I did like that element of it. I think that uh, I haven't heard anyone say it was like too on the nose necessarily. I'm sure there's people, but I mean, there, yeah. I was ex- like, I feel like everybody's expecting that because it's James Cameron, and that's yeah. kind of part of why he yeah. makes films anyway. Yeah. Another and, thing I loved about like that last hour is it almost was like a greatest hits of James Cameron Mm -hmm. because you have like the abyss kind of stuff. Yeah. You have like the ship going down and them like stuck in the ship underwater was very Titanic. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I had kind of, I kind of got a little bit of flashbacks of like the end of Terminator two there a little bit. Like it just, I just really felt like he was like, like, uh, action set piece wise, uh, hitting his greatest kind of hits, which, it didn't feel like derivative at all, but I don't know. I just thought it was cool. He kind of just was like, I'm using every trick in the book in this last hour. And that, that really sealed the deal for me because there were moments throughout the movie where I was like, this is great. But there are other moments where I'm like, okay, it's a little redundant. I'm, you know, it's sure feels a little like stretched out. But like, again, like that last hour, I was like, this is what I paid for. Yeah. It was just like a visual action set piece. I've never really seen before that just will like, blow me away and it did what do you think about um like obviously he's interested in family dynamics Mm -hmm. in this story and uh kind of what that means and what consequences there are to maybe not saying what we needed to say or not having the relationship that we wish we had uh but then there's just there's this other element uh, and this is the part of the movie that probably moved me the most was we talk about James Cameron, like being aware and conscientious, conscientious about like the environment and nature and what he does at the end of the movie with, uh, obviously we lose in the movie, one of our main characters. And oh, there's yeah, like, yeah. there's this idea that this main character has passed away, but they're going back into the earth that they came from. And then from. when they connect to that, uh, that they can tree, visit them. They can kind of visit, yes. visit them in almost like a, uh, Jungian collective consciousness. Right. Way. Yeah. Yeah. I it's, thought that was very touching. It's, it's that, almost like, like 
they go back into nature where they came from yeah. and you can still visit them in yeah like you know your natural environment kind of uh and i i don't know i i feel i felt like his, the message behind that was kind of like you know for us obviously like mm -hmm. we come from something we go back into something and there's like a cyclical nature to yeah. to living and dying and well, like our it, loved ones don't have yeah. to be you and know like, like those, they can still visit us you those know, past and, moments though they're in the past doesn't mean like they're necessarily gone because yeah. I liked how a lot of the ways in which he was visiting his son, or at least how I interpret it was like through like seeing past moments again, like teaching yeah. him how to use an arrow yeah. and stuff like that. And that, that was the scene that like yeah. probably moved me the most. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm uh, with you. And I just was curious, like he's doing both of those things. Uh, are those two themes separate from another or are they kind of piggybacking off each other? I mean, they're related. And, and you know, like, there are two really big, huge themes that you could mm -hmm. spend entire movies talking about. Yeah. But he's doing both of those things kind of together at once. Yeah. I and, mean, I think, I think he's definitely going to explore that more because when you think about Sigourney Weaver's character, like, she does that. And it goes wrong. We haven't like, even talked about know, like her like powers she, that she, she has. comes close to like learning about where she's from. And then like, it, it like falls apart, which I'm like, okay, there's something going on here. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, again, like, which I heard James Cameron talk about that, like technically how to get Sigourney Weaver to play like a younger Navi. He, he said, we had to do, we had to do CGI to de-age her. And then after that, we had to motion capture her de-aging. Oh my God. Which he was like, he was like the other young characters. It's just a one-to-one -one like, okay, motion capture, make them a Navi. Yeah. But he was like, we didn't make Sigourney Weaver a Navi and then de-age her. We had to de-age Sigourney Weaver and then like put the Navi motion capture on top of that. Oh my God. Which like blew my brain that you could even do. And that's why, but like it worked so well. I'm like, this is a 70 year old woman or whatever that's playing a teenager and it, like it feels so real that is insane yeah wow well that, another cool thing he did just on the technical level yeah. uh for all the underwater sequences they use two different cameras to capture it and one camera is capturing ultraviolet light and the other camera is capturing um infrared so they can get the lighting right underwater oh my gosh. and then they like merge those two like photographs basically wow and again, like there's oof. so much, I'm sure there's so much that went on with the make. I, I mean, I hope that I'm sure yeah. there will be like a documentary about oh, the yeah. making of that, it. I but, mean, I'm going to buy the Blu-ray mainly for that reason is, but uh, like, I want the, that would be the fascinating. I'm, I'm sure there's so much that went into every single shot of that movie that we just have no idea about. Yeah. And we're sitting here talking about how there was too much swimming and they, yeah. <laughs> they're probably like putting years you of know, their life. I, there were moments where it's like, okay, like, can we move the story forward? Excuse but, me. I'm talking about that. There's too much oh. swimming. You didn't say that. Yeah, I'm just saying there were moments where it's like, okay, can we move the story forward? But I really liked the moments where the movie slowed down and it became just like, again, Terrence Malicky, where there's yeah. just like, I don't know. I really like that. Like we get so little of that in, in modern blockbusters where the movie slows yeah. down and it's just these quiet, intimate moments between characters and nature or just two characters. And I don't know. I really like that because it, yeah. it's so antithetical to what happens nowadays. And yeah. so, well, well, I think just it, wrapping up final thoughts, I think you are right. And yep, I think uh -huh. my, I think, yep. <laughs> I think my question before was, should we be able to do or sh can we, or should we tell two different kind of giant stories at once where it's like, well, we're going to have a story yeah. about families and connecting and being there for each other, but also us connecting with nature. And I really do think you're totally right. They piggyback off of each other and they're the same story because like throughout the whole movie, it's them connecting with each other and it's them connecting with nature. Like, mm -hmm. e like in, visual ways and in metaphorical ways but also in like very literal ways where it's like they connect with the animals that they have relationships with like physically with yeah uh like when they ride them and stuff like that and so it's like i think that idea is um is all kind of the same idea 
and plays well with one another. And uh, I had never thought of that until just now. So Well, out of five whales, what would you give <laughs> Way of the Water? Uh, I would give it uh, three and a half. Three and a half? Okay. Uh, I would give it a solid four out of five whales. Solid four out of five. Uh, the sto- there was just enough story there for me to be invested in the action, you know, because if you don't care for the characters at all, the action's kind of meaningless. So there yeah. was just enough there. There was a little bit of heartstrings at the end, but not a ton. And yeah. when I really think back to the story, I'm like, am I in love with these characters that weren't a five out of five? No. Is a lot of the technical um, filmmaking five out of five? Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, it's like, okay. And then the big question for me was like, do would I watch this three and a half hour movie again? And like a day after watching the movie, I went, yes. I'm like, okay, well, you know, if, yep. if I wasn't feeling like watching again, then it'd probably be a lower score. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, it's a four out of five for me. I would see it again with you. Oh, that's great. I would. Maybe at a Alamo draft house. Maybe so. Yeah. The only thing with that is there's a bunch of other movies I want to cram in. Before, oh yeah. I got a ton more to yeah. go. Which speaking of that, uh, I think our next episode is going to be best of 22. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can squeeze in a few more movies. Are we going to get all of them? No. And the only way to get all of them is we'd have to do best of 22, like a month from now, which I don't want to do that because no one's going to be looking for best of 2022 in February. Really? Yeah. People are going to be searching for it, you know, sure. in the coming weeks. So, sure. uh, I don't know. What are you excited about seeing next? Oh, I am. Did you see Banshees of Inna Sharon yet? Not yet. Oh, you got to squeeze that in. So I'm I'm excited about Banshees. I'm excited about the Fablemans. I'm excited about um, Babylon. Babylon. Uh, that new Scott Cooper movie that's coming out. Oh, the uh, pale blue eyes. Which actually, I don't think that's coming out until next year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm excited about that coming out, regardless. Uh, but yeah, my main ones for the rest of the year is going to be Banshees. Fablemans, uh, Babylon. What do you think about, uh, I saw Amsterdam got really bad reviews. Yeah. I wasn't really too in, interested from what I've read and stuff. I gotcha. But. Uh, it was just, the cast was good. The director seemed like, I mean, I've liked some yeah. of the stuff he's done, but I was surprised that it got such bad reviews. Uh, but I was thinking about watching that. Uh, and then the new Noam Baumbach film, White oh, Noise. Yeah, White Noise. Got to yeah. squeeze that in before the is end that, of the year. Is that already available yet? Is that a streaming movie? Uh-huh. It's on Netflix. Okay, it's on yep. Netflix. Okay, good. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. Nef- you know what? Netflix is really bad about that. About advertising, advertising what is on there? Yeah. They're like, they're like streaming exclusive movies because yeah. even with Glass Onion, like I saw it for the one week it was in theaters. And, you know, they did a lot of advertising for that, mm-hmm. but then it was getting closer to Christmas and I'm like, I know the movie's coming out around Christmas, but I don't know exactly when. And I was like, I should be bombarded with like YouTube ads and commercials, like December 23rd, Glass Onion on Netflix. Or like yeah. when I, when I open Netflix, it should be like a pop-up or something. And I think it is on the home screen, but they're yeah. really bad about that. Like yeah. I've been on Netflix multiple times like the last couple of days and I've seen nothing about like, Oh, white noise, you know? And I know it's an yeah. artsy or movie, but sure. Well, it's also being billed on Netflix as like a comedy. Yeah. Well the book, I mean, I've read the book. It, it is kind of a, it's a, uh, like a dark comedy. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, coming out of marriage story, I'm sure he needed to do something a little yeah. lighter. Maybe Yeah, I've the book is, I mean, uh, it's a very like heady, uh, kind of, but also like really like, I don't know how to describe the book. It, it's it's a very heady book, but a lot of the characters are purposely kind of um, outlandish in mm-hmm. their thinking. Yeah. Um, so there is a good mix of like, you know, really serious prose, really serious writing, but like the characters and uh, the way things are. Uh, kind of overblown a little bit is like a nice contrast between like it's a serious drama but like also at the same time the characters are like kind of like kind of stretched out a little bit right in their eccentric eccentricities a little yeah. bit um so and it's been a couple years since i read it um it looks like it'll be fun though it yeah looks like it'll so be i'm good. looking forward i'm excited to for that my main three are probably like that i want to yeah. squeeze in before our next thing would be banshees fable well have you heard about uh that um, white noise uh, tar with uh, oh, a yeah. Blanchett. Yep. I really yeah, want to yeah. see that. 
Yeah, there's there's a lot of, uh, well, not to mention the whale. Oh, I've the whale. Heard, I've yeah. heard the whale is like really, really stinking good. I've heard very mixed things about it. I've oh, heard have people you? who love that movie and I've heard people saying like it's an abomination. Like oh my it's god. like I've heard it's like horribly offensive. Oh my god. I've yeah. heard really good things about so it. So I'm I'm kinda curious because Aaron Darren Aronofsky kinda has that reputation of like love it or hate it. But yeah. I have seen a couple trailers and I I don't know like I think it's gonna be a difficult movie. I don't know it it like I feel bad because I saw a trailer and there's like a moment with Brendan Fraser and I'm not knocking his performance because I haven't seen the movie yet, but like, it was almost like, I almost wanted to laugh. It was uh, like, I was like this, that I was like, I see what you're going for, but like, yeah. he looked like, you know, he's big, he's massive and he looks so desperate. And I was like, that yeah. hit wrong for me. Like, I don't know. It looks kind of cringy. Well, I'll be fascinated to discuss yeah. that with you. It almost it, it. like, I get the movies about like, a man with like health issues, but like it almost sure. seemed like they were going like way over the top with it. Sure. And I don't know. So I, I'm curious to watch it. Yeah, me too. I am too. I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. So I, I've, I mean, of course you've heard, I've heard the uh, other end of it. Maybe well, this will be this year's um, disagreement film. Disagree- <laughs> what was the last one? The Adam McKay movie. Uh, uh, oh, uh, don't look up. Don't look up. Maybe yeah. that will be this year's don't look up. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. We need, we need every year. We need a movie where we just both drastically disagree. Yeah, on. there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, our next podcast, hopefully it won't be a month away. Uh, we nah. say that every episode and then it's a month away. Uh, but no, December's over. The holidays are over. I think we're going to get back into get a back groove. in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I'm done with weddings, hopefully forever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so be on the lookout for our best of 22. I still haven't decided if it's just movies or if we're going to throw in TV, TV well. and books and stuff. Um, but hopefully we get a special guest on that episode Ooh. with, uh, Dan Drake, my brother, Yes. the godfather of why it's great the godfather Godfather. so hopefully he can join us and it'll be the we haven't had a third person on this show yet yeah we haven't i think that's something to look forward to and um you know first year of anything first you know when our first year of the youtube channel with dan and i there was a lot of experimentation and the first year with this it took us a while to find like what this is what works best yeah and so i'm really excited for next year to you know a full year of us Kind of knowing what this is. Yeah. The pod is a year old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah, a little over a year old. Yeah. And, you know, since I've taken over the YouTube channel, it's been a pretty much a year since then. And mm-hmm. I think I've started to really figure out what works best on the channel now. Yeah. And if you go back, you know, 10 or 12 months there, there's a stretch where like part of me kind of wants to hide those videos because... No, like the thumbnails aren't good. And you got to show that you got to show the evolution too long. And you got to like, show the evolution. Yeah. That's how it works, man. So, but I think we have something here and I'm excited to see things grow and whatnot. And, uh, yeah. So thanks for sticking with us and, yeah. uh, looking forward to another year. Me too, man. All right. Well, see you soon. Bye.